Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. I'm Dirk, I'm your host, and we're approaching weekend 33. For a brief moment, it felt like fall coming already, um, but we are back to summer days. Let's enjoy the sun and the weather. Let's get out and explore. Uh, before I share some upcoming events, stay tuned today for an interview with Brent from Portland, Oregon, um, one of our, uh, as far as we know, furthest away listener. And you hear his lake life story, how he grew up uh, on a lake near Virgus, which uh, a property his grandfather purchased exactly 60 years ago. A really interesting story. And what he is up to on the vacation rental online market, where he has an idea he tries to put into a uh, online venture. So a really interesting lake life story, in fact. So stay tuned for that. And don't forget this Thursday, we have the Aqua Chautauqua at Dunton Locks in Detroit Lakes. So I hope you will make it or you did make it. And I also want to uh, make a big shout out. Uh, thank you for the City of Vergas and the planning committees for a really, really successful and wonderful Looney Days. I hope you can agree with me and I hope you were able to attend one of the many days and events. It was really nice. Uh, we had good weather, but we had cute events <laughs> the the uh, wiener dog race um loon calling contest uh, sandcastle contest also growing very excited to see that we had dixie on the dog we had a um uh, a doggy plunge <laughs> which i attended too with my son harry very cute event well all kinds of things it's growing so thank you for that um city of Virgus. we have so many more events coming this weekend which i would like to direct you again to our lake life weekend map which is still um, under development but working better and better please give us your feedback what you think we were going to make a little poll of what color scheme you like if you like it more blue or if you like it more light so this weekend is filled with events in the local area so please go to weekendnow.com that's wkndnow.com for a direct link or just go to our lakelifeweekend.com website and you will find a link to our event map so check that out let us know what you think i don't want to keep this much longer from our interview part with brand so enjoy this weekend's um, interview and have a great time ahead. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to our interview part. I'm here with Brent Hegelke from actually Portland, Oregon. That's correct. Hi, great Brent. Great to be here. Yeah, great to be here, Dirk. I've been a fan for the, of the podcast for a long time, so it's awesome to meet you face to face. Yeah, we mentioned you a couple weeks back um, and then you emailed us. Uh, we sent you a magazine uh, in the spring, uh, so we learned about you six months ago that you are a regular listener and um, I, I might say my biggest fan <laughs> because right. you said you listen to almost all the podcasts, at least the one that I know. Thank probably, you. The, probably your biggest fan in Portland, Oregon. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm really excited um, because it's rare uh, that we have a guest approach, approach us. Um, 
so that is exciting but also your story is very exciting um, the one that I learned about in our little pre-discussion already um, I think there's a lot for you to share about lake life uh, the region uh, the lakes country that you have been visiting all your life uh, and the ties from your family your grandfather who built a cabin 60 years ago or purchased land 60 years ago so um, I do want to touch on your family history um, and connection to lakes country um, but I also want to learn about who you are and uh, why you chose to listen to our program your interests in lake life uh, in general what you do when you lake life but also you told me that you are um, an entrepreneur and um, a marketeer and you are involved in vacation rentals and online platforms and there's a lot to hear and I always meet people that want to ask questions like that so I thought maybe that would be also very interesting for our audience so let's start with uh, who is Brent uh, where you're from how you arrived here and then we go from there absolutely yeah so I was lucky to be born into a family that had already discovered lake life so uh, my grandparents uh, were in Fargo Moorhead and uh, my grandma and grandpa ran a small appliance store and so they were selling appliances all over the area. My grandpa discovered the lakes area out of Fargo uh, from delivering appliances in the early days of the 1950s when the lakes region was just starting to really develop and he dreamed of owning a place but you know he was running a small business didn't have much money. So there was a new development out near Vergas uh, where somebody had bought a farmer's lake divided it into small plots and were selling them off and he being a very frugal man waited until the very end when they were discounted <laughs> and he bought our piece of Lake Paradise for $200 in 1959 so 60th anniversary <laughs> and spent the next several years uh, with my father's help and some friends building a very small cabin uh, I it was almost like a glorified campsite back then yeah and uh, built this cabin we had a, it was an outhouse so when I was a child when I was born we were coming to this very rustic place no running water no plumbing you know four in the morning and a lightning storm going down you know to the outhouse and being terrified <laughs> but it was a favorite place in the world and so you did not grow up in Lakes Country so your father helped your grandfather build the the cabin the 50s correct. cabin yes. Uh, uh, as I actually like him, and this is the Minnesota cabin. You know, we're talking wood, non-insulated, seasonal. Exactly. Yeah. How big? Uh, 900 square feet, knotty pine walls, but, you know, open rafters, no insulation. Uh, very simple. Uh, you know, but he, he restored some kitchens, so he ripped cabinetry out of a 1930s house. That's the kitchen we have now in still. our lake house. Uh, the still. cupboard, yep, still. The cupboard is his from his grandma's farm. So, you know, it's full of odds and ends and, you know, the lantern from my grandma's farm in the 1900s. Everything is just, you know, kind of found objects and very simple. It's like and the uh, most authentic. That's actually the lake cabin that I enjoy the most personally. I mean, just secretly between you and I and yeah. the audience, I guess. I love that because it's it just has that feel. That's this Minnesota lake life uh, that I see in picture books and is nostalgic and there's the memories yeah your father has all those memories of pounding nails and schlepping things in and and you grew up there uh, when your father proudly showed it to you I assume exactly so uh, yeah so my grandparents uh, you know decided it was time to sell it 
and we lived in Chicago area. So my you family, grew up in Chicago. I grew up outside of Chicago. Yeah, my parents moved there. My dad was a professor, and so we grew up driving, you know, ten to fifteen hours every summer. Sometimes multiple times a summer up here, which is why you know I, I had a taste of lake life, but I didn't get to get very deep into it. Um, but but we absolutely loved it, and it was the favorite part of the year. And I would literally have dreams in the wintertime in Chicago of being at the lake <laughs> and just wake up and be, being so sad I had to go to school <laughs> instead of going out on the water on an inner tube. But uh, anyway, it was just it was such an important part of me. When I became sort of 17, 18 years old, I, in, I would always go on – whenever I went to vacation, I would always look for – uh, you know, sort of the the mag the real estate magazines of the places that had second homes, you know, lake homes or mountain houses, because I just knew inherently this idea of having a cabin that you go to on the weekends. It was what my grandparents started doing every weekend, and I was like, yeah. that is what people should do. <laughs> so to balance and t tell me, um, do you remember? Do you remember? Um, stories from your grandfather or grandmother saying like that was the best decision or like did they use it was they never traveled far further yeah they didn't go to Mexico or Canada that no. was like the balance that's that's what they never left so yeah they're both they're both past now but they never left Fargo they, they stayed here even you know when my parents left and they could have come to Chicago this was their home and they loved the, the lifestyle up here so they never forgot they never forgot that they didn't never, never wanted to leave it and so when my parents took the cabin over they bought my parents bought the cabin from them uh, they were delighted because now they could come down and enjoy the cabin but not have to worry about it and then my parents started taking care of the cabin and so and then my parents are going to hand it down to my brothers and I so eventually when they're sort of done with all the care and maintenance we'll take it over so it's going to stay in the family and that's just generational you know, place. generational place and it's what's nice is the ca the family to the left and to the right of us same same scenario same, story. same families as the original you know 1950 They and, and the resort on the lake too, Lost Valley Resort. Yep. Uh, that wasn't built until uh, that was actually just raw land when my grandpa bought the cabin, and now that's a multi generation classic Minnesota resort. You right. Know, Ron and Tammy run it, and their their father Ralph, you know, built it, and so there's just so much longevity, and it's just it's yeah. it's a magical place in the world. I mean, that's when I leave Portland in the summer, my friends are like, "You're crazy, you know? Portland's rainy in the winter, and now it's beautiful. Why are you leaving to go to Minnesota?" <laughs> mosquitoes and all that and I'm like you don't understand where I'm going like if you could come there you would you would get it yeah. but you'd have to come experience it but it's it's really funny we have a very well-kept secret it is a amazingly well-kept secret you know so anyway it's just it's one of the most magical places in the world and I just I really feel like where I'm from in Germany like we travel um, because Europe is so small you know I mean like it took me two hours to be in in Amsterdam so, of course, you go to the Netherlands or you go to the ocean. Five-hour drive, I'm in Paris, where I grew up. So, uh, that's just normal to me. If I drive three hours here, I'm in Minneapolis. I'm still, like, it's just further away. So, I do understand that our second home lifestyle, uh, it's like, because of distance, uh, that's really what we're seeking. And that's what, that is like my, if we go to Amsterdam, this, or like, uh, let's call it the North, North Shore, North Sea. So we have that right in our backyard too. I think that's why so many people own property because we have the access. It used to be only 200 bucks. It's a little bit more now, uh, um, I guess, uh, potentially. But yeah, you have the opportunity to balance and re re uh, rejuvenate every weekend. And I think also because the volume of lakes and the, and the amount of property here, you know, it does keep the prices affordable. So you can have 
you know, it's not, not uncommon, right, to have two school teachers be able to afford a lake home an hour or two away. Whereas yeah. you go to a lot of places in the world and you have to be a millionaire to even think about owning a second home. You know, it's a, it's a luxury item, but here it's it's in the reach of most people. Which I is agree. another uh, sort of amazing asset. Because I would say in Portland, you know, second homes can typically be in resort communities and they're, you know, six, seven hundred thousand dollars. So that's out of the range of you Yeah, know, explain most to me, people. how is Portland? I mean the real oh, estate market it's, in Yeah, Port- it's you know, West Coast for the West Coast we're an affordable city, but it's still, you know, expensive compared to here for sure. It's probably twice, two to three times more expensive to own anything. Yeah. And so uh, that's just the West Coast. Right. So we come here and I you know, my, my friend who's visiting right now, childhood friend, you know, he's from Chicago. And and we look at the listings of what's available, and he's like, "This is amazing." Yeah, you know, it's yeah. amazing how affordable this is compared to, you know, kind of what we're used to. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, to us, of course, it seems expensive at times, but uh, yeah, um, there is access to lakeshore property at an affordable price. I find even like um, lots un- undeveloped or those little cabins. Anyhow, yeah. Um, yeah, I. So you're coming back. You bring your children. You have three children yourself. Correct. And they all grew up with lake life, obviously. It's their favorite place in the world. They love yeah. it. it. Like literally, it's their number one place to go. And really? So that sort of magical experience that that I have isn't now in them. You're and, passing which it down. Honestly, was really important to me because yeah. I wanted them to have that same thing. And they would, they would come here and you know we they should throw their cell phone you know their cell phones into a drawer and not touch them. You know now of course they want to capture photos so because sure. you know so they, now they you know pretend but they loved kind of unplugging and getting off you know getting off the internet getting off a of snapchat for a while and just enjoying the lake you know not wearing shoes just running on the gravel and yeah. you know catching fish and you know wakeboarding and tubing and just all you know play we don't watch tv we just play cards at night and you know it's just that that kind of old-fashioned lifestyle that that i think everyone craves you yeah know, uh, we try to capture that every summer for a few weeks. Yeah, no, and you're not the only one, uh, um, and that's good. Maybe we can hear from more people telling us uh, they are a generational uh, experience. But I also would like to hear from you. Um, you you mentioned earlier, tell us a little bit more about your professional background, if you don't mind, um, and then where that led you to and how you merged your experience and your, your Minnesota lake life into your work uh, of today. Sure. So, so like you have been kind of a lifelong entrepreneur, my brother and I started a media company in Chicago when I was in college and, uh, it's called new city and he's turned that now into sort of a magazine with his wife. Uh, they, they have a magazine and film production. So I worked with him, uh, for about a decade getting that established. Then I moved to Portland, Oregon and got into marketing, running, uh, building marketing teams for startup companies, primarily in the tech industry. So I got, uh, you know, aware of technology. And then when the internet was, you know, really took off, I started working in, in a lot of digital uh, realms. And then, you know, kind of in 2009, uh, I basically brought everything I knew together, media, technology, digital, and my love for vacation homes and that developed from you know, my lake life experience. And I started a company in the vacation rental space, merged with social media with the idea. And honestly, this was was founded by my cabin experience because I knew our cabin was such a precious place for us that we would never rent that to a stranger, right? So you have sites like Airbnb and VRBO where people are renting their homes to complete strangers, and that's terrifying. Yeah, me too. That's I don't terrifying play, for yeah. most people. Yeah. And you know, gr- granted, it's a massive industry, and those companies are wildly successful, and many people do 
rent their homes to strangers. But, you know, I had this this idea that, you know, many more people would be able to rent their cabins or mountain houses if they could keep it to a network of people that they had some level of trust with. Friends, friends of friends, family members, friends of family members, and there was just no capability to do that. So we started a company called Second Porch. We built it, integrated it with Facebook. So the idea is you could rent it to your Facebook community mm-hmm. where there was some level of trust. Granted, Facebook's changed a lot since 2009. It's not as trust, probably trusted as it, as it was back then. But back then, Facebook was really your friends. It and was your, your sphere. Members. Yep, it was your social sphere, your social connections. And so anyway, we, we started that. And you were the first... Uh, No, it was the first? First in the world to do that, to create this idea of a social uh, network around a vacation property, you know, Mm -hmm. second home. And, uh, you know, did that for a few years. I met the founders of HomeAway, which was, they owned VRBO and many of the uh, other sites that are very popular. Uh, They loved what we were doing and they bought our company. And then they went public and now they got acquired by Expedia. So now that company is part of Expedia. And so... Uh, and, and, you know, the sad thing was kind of everything we did there, they basically kind of just dismantled, you know, oh. because they they got distracted by big company things and they, they basically never really embraced the vision we had. Mm. So all of this idea of being able to take a cabin and, uh, you know, maybe rent it for a few weeks a year, maybe pay your tax bill mm. out of that rental income, just defray some of that extra cost. So mm. maybe you can afford a cabin earlier than you might be able to normally, mm. uh, was never really realized. And so, uh, with that group, of with that idea. Away. Yeah. Mm. So, so just recently I was, uh, a friend of mine is an entrepreneur in Portland and I was telling him this, this, you know, this sort of unfinished business, this vision. And he got really excited and he goes, Hey, let me, let me, let me start this with, you know, let me start this. You're, you're busy. you got a full-time job, but I have time. And so we've been off rebuilding the vision. And so we're getting ready to kind of unveil that. And uh, so it's not really ready yet, but there's a landing page. Okay. Uh, and what is it called? So, uh, so everyone knows VRBO. So our idea is, Hey, we want to do that concept, but with, you know, friends and family. So vacation so, rental by owner. That's, that's what, what VRBO, VRBO is, right? Vacation for? rental by owner. And so our site is VRBFF, vacation rental by friends and family. So VRBFF.com is... And you uh, own the domain? That own the domain. The yep. Yep. Own, own the domain. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm an advisor and a, you know, investor in the company. Uh, my friend and some other uh, technology folks, uh, Scott and Dan, are running the company and working mm-hmm. on the company, building building it all. The, the technology side? The technology the side and the, you know, executive kind of operations of it. And so, uh, again, we haven't launched it. It's still kind of being built, but there's a, I think you can sign up your email if you want to follow it and not- get notified of it. Well, but like, how how is it actually then, how do I integrate it with like only my, because now the, the trick is, I guess, if I think about that right, so I have to invite all my sphere, like let's say my Facebook friends or all my friends from my phone book, uh, uh, or you know what are they Correct, called? your contacts. My yep. contacts, yep. Uh, so I have to sync them with that platform, right? Also like, how do I? Yeah, well here, it's, it's actually it. much simpler than that. Oh, right? okay. So most people will start small, right? right? Most people might say, okay, there's 10 people that, that I would consider renting my, my cabin. Right. So I'm just gonna invite these 10 people to basically be part of the, the network and say, if you if you're interested in renting my cabin, here's 
you're part of a you know private group that could rent my cabin, and I'm going to invite you to look at my listing, right? right? The listing that shows kind of the rules of the house, the availability with a calendar, just those basic things, mm-hmm. and and start with that community. And then if they're interested, they'll send you. Well, you know, they can send you an email through an inquiry through our site, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can you know basically we're not even going to handle the payment because. If you're a friend, you know, you can just write a check or, right. you know, Venmo somebody the payment or, you know, PayPal it or whatever. So uh, it's going to be very simple. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is to keep this really simple mm-hmm. and let the owner of the property kind of control everything, which is very different from if, you, if you've ever listed on Airbnb or VRBO, those platforms control all the rules. Sure. You know, you're basically just kind of, you have to live with their rules. And they take their toll on it. They charge people, you know, guest fees. And you, sure. you kind of have to do that. They have but to. We're just going to keep it really simple. So invite your guests. Let them see your listing. Let them decide if they want to rent from you. So you build an environment where I can actually make a picture book of what's available. And I can dis- I can um, disclose the terms, mm-hmm. the, the times. And, and then I just allow a certain group to kind of, kind of like sharing a Dropbox link. Dropbox link, whereas like only when I send that link, they can actually have access they to my access listing. To it. It's pr- otherwise nobody even knows it's available. Okay. Right. This idea that you know, so the, the core idea is that that Airbnb and VRBO are, have turned are trying to turn your cabin into a hotel. They yeah. want to make it as much of a hotel experience, right? Very impersonal, uh, very automated. You know, book online, very transactional. Yeah. And and for many people that are running a, as a business, that's fine. That's right. what they want. Right. They're, they want to maximize their revenue. Right. Our thesis is that there's many people that own these special places that, that don't want that to be the experience. Right. Uh, would love to share it with family and friends, but, but that becomes awkward sometimes because, you know, you might have rules for your cabin that are very specific for very good reasons, and it can be exhausting to explain all that to somebody that, you know, wants yeah, to stay yeah. at your cabin. And, and perhaps you don't allow pets because, you know, pets can be left outside and noisy and they can, you know, bother your neighbors. So you may be like, ah, we don't allow animals, you know. And then your friend wants to come and bring their animal and you have to explain why you don't allow animals. And now you're, and, and this is all because I've had these experiences. Yeah. And your friend's trying to understand why you don't like dogs now. And it's <sighs> like, no, you don't understand. It has nothing to do with that. So... We can remove, you can remove all that awkwardness by saying the rules are on the listing. Mm-hmm. If you like what we offer, then let us know and you're welcome to you know, stay there. And you might, I mean, we think a lot of people would use this just to, to let friends use their places for free, you know, mm-hmm. but just remove the hassle of allowing people to stay at their, at their cabins mm-hmm. and, and just make it like, hey, I feel good because my, my cabin's being used more. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a hassle every time I somebody like wants to use it. So so we're gonna offer like a free basic thing. That's like if you just want to let your you know your family members use it, we're gonna give you the tools to do that. That's gonna be free or very very low cost. And then if you want to have like a larger group of people, maybe you know twenty five fifty friends have availability. There'll be a little bit more there. And then if you want to you know have a little larger version of it that that. We're going to build that again. This is the vision of yeah, it, so yeah, we're yeah. starting small and simple. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think our idea is to have more people be able to afford a second home or a cabin, uh, feel better about using it, not let the economics of the taxes and the maintenance sort of be daunting because they can maybe you know uh, rent it out a little bit. One thing that people don't realize is you can rent a cabin for 14 days a year, 100% tax free. Okay. So for some folks, that might pay their tax bill every year. Absolutely. And they don't. Have, you don't have to report it as income on the on your you 
know, IRS forms or anything. So there's a lot of people that I think if they knew that, they might say, oh, what, what else that. experiences that you have? Uh, like, because I am hesitant. Uh, um, I'm gone every year for two weeks to Germany. And I have given my cabin to friends and without charge. I just, hey, it's vacant. Uh, do you don't want to take? And I sometimes feel like, hey, just take a, take advantage of me. And then, and that's awkward. And then I, I, I'm not doing this anymore really to say like, hey, don't you want to? I'm almost upset that nobody wants to enjoy my little beach there. But like, it's awkward. I, I, I hesitate also to ask for money. You know, I cannot just say like, hey, friend, you want to come? And then I ask you for money. But like with that platform, I, yeah, I like I, it, it's really, yeah, it's it's somewhat of a, yeah, there's a compensation. It's That's a good media, a, a middle ground. Well, what it I allows like you to do is to get rid of that awkwardness. This because, awkwardness. Because I, exactly. it's, it's spelled out on a, on a website, you know, on your listing. Mm -hmm. This is the rules. And you might say, you know what? I just want to charge $25 a day because that covers my cost. My water cost, my electricity cost, my cleaning cost, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people are saying, gosh, that's very reasonable. That's very kind of you now. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having to ask them and explain why you charge any money, you can explain it. And they right. can look at that. And they can decide if that's the ter terms and conditions they're comfortable with. And they can, in, you know, send you an, an email saying, Dirk, this sounds great. Yeah. We'd love to stay at your cabin while you're in Germany. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, turning an awkward conversation into a benefit for both sides, right? Where you're feeling good because somebody's staying in your watching cabin it, and watching yeah. it, making sure that, you know, pipes not burst or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're feeling great because like, oh man, this is awesome. We have this great little hidden gem. Mm -hmm. And so think about scaling that to the point where, you know, if you had 10 friends who had different houses around the world or somebody have a mountain, someone has a mountain house, somebody has a lake house, somebody has a, you know, a, a pied de terre in Paris and all of a sudden, you have access to this amazing network of places that are all through your social network and friends. Oh, now and, I see. And now this gets really interesting to think about. You it's know, kind of couch surfing on a different level. Couch surfing, but, but you know, for, I guess, adults. Because mm -hmm. right? couch surfing is mm -hmm. great when you're 21, 22 mm -hmm. years old. Uh, Absolutely. But, but when you're, you know, uh, let's say north of 40 years old, you know, all of a sudden you're like, I'd like to stay at an actual house and I'd like to maybe bring my family and my spouse and... And so oh, it I changes see. it. So, but this idea of, you know, if you, I mean, if you go on Airbnb and VRBO and I, believe me, I, I mean, I use that because I, I manage multiple vacation rentals and I use, I'm a customer of VRBO and on Airbnb uh, because I do run those more like businesses, but my cabin in Minnesota, I wouldn't do it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a different thing. So there are different pieces of each one of these things that make sense. But um, I do, I do really think about the fact that it's so much work to find a vacation home that you rent. It, you can spend hours and hours and hours inquiring on dozens of homes before you find the right one. Right. And then oftentimes people walk in and it's, I didn't know there was an oil refinery right next to that house, right? right. Or like the photos didn't match or the photos were taken 10 years ago and the house doesn't look anything like that. I mean, the war stories are so predominant that there's so many people that get burned by it. So, you know, I think if you could simplify that by saying, I know somebody with a house. And Interesting. It, it, and, you know, I can, and I know them and I trust them and here's the deal. So that's that's kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, um, and that clearly was a, a, an idea that was born through the ownership of a lake home in Minnesota. Yeah? Absolutely. From the earliest days of, of watching my grandparents have this, you know, amazing ability to get away an hour away from Fargo yeah. and come out here to Detroit Lakes area is, you know, I just, I, I grew up thinking, man, that is magical, yeah. you know, and how many people would love that? So it was all born out of that. Huh. Very interesting.
So um, looking at Vergas and your lifelong experience, what do you like most about the area? Like what what hidden what is your secret hidden gem? Well, I mean, we do spend a lot of our time floating on inner tubes and boating on the lake, right? Okay. That's what the core of everything. Uh, you know, cooking on the grills and like I said, playing cards at night. But uh, you know, we all have like sort of cooler days or rainy days. So being able to do getaways and road trips to you know Purim or uh, you know we'd go to Vergas almost every day. Um, right. When Goodman's Market was there, we would go every day to get fresh bread and meat. Uh, yeah. So that was sad when that closed down. Um, but, you know, I go to Vergus Hardware yeah. probably three or four times. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Paul Pinky. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite stores. That smell when you walk in. Yeah, I it's know. Just, it's a smell unlike any place in the world. So I love, you know, all of those little memories. Yeah. Um, all the cafes. You know, we ate here in Perm at the Lakes Cafe this morning. Yeah. You know, it's just those are unique things. And I think... Uh, uh, and then, you know, we'd go to Detroit Lake Cinema for rainy days to go see a movie. And we have all these strong memories of these experiences. And now, I mean, it's amazing how great Detroit Lakes is getting with we went mountain biking yesterday, at Detroit Mountain. Yeah. And that was far exceeded our expectations. The, the quality of the we rented trails. their bikes, yeah. the trails. It was unbelievable. And my friend Andy, who's with me, he just went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and went mountain biking. And he said this was every bit as good as that. It's right here, right, wow. right here in the backyard, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, every, you know, I love seeing the growth because, it, you know, while growth can mean traffic and, you know, change, uh, it means there's more to do. And it, it kind of creates a flywheel effect where you get things that are, you know, better for people to come out here and spend more time. And I love the fact now that with, the, you know, the Internet growth, people can spend more time in the lakes. Right. So you don't have to just come on Saturday and Sunday. Now people can spend Wednesday through Sunday and they can work remote a little bit. Yeah. And I think that trend is going to be massively transformational for the lakes area because people can maintain kind of work and life out here in the lakes region. You don't have to leave just to go back to work. Yeah. Interesting. So <clears throat> my theory uh, lately was um, that like rural America or like remote places, which well, we are isolated. I mean, it's a, it, it's just the way it is. And then it's always like, there's not enough jobs, maybe. I mean, uh, we have a lot of jobs in our area, so that is wrong for our area. But uh, other places where, let's say, there is no industry or economics or manufacturing or whatever you can do, jobs available, with the ability to home office or like the technology, we can... Yeah, we can have an office in my house and I do my job for a call center or uh, I don't even know what it is, data entry for a uh, insurance company or reviewing files, even video conferencing. It, is that what you meant? Like Absolutely. We, yeah, I've been, I've been working several hours a day, every day since I've been here. And yeah, so you're I've practically been, not even on vacation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do I do work just a couple hours, not, you know, eight to ten hours like I would if I was back in Portland at the office. But you're not shutting down. You're not shutting down. I'm maintaining continuity, right? So the way I told the CEO of the company I'm at, I'm at a company um, right now called CrowdStreet, and I'm the chief marketing officer there. And I told the CEO, I said, I'm going to go to Minnesota for a couple weeks, uh, but I will I will be in touch with the office. I will be checking emails and maintaining, you know, I'll have phone calls as I needed. And so it allows me to not have to disconnect and then come back after two weeks and be, you know, having to spend a couple of days getting back up to speed. Like I'm up to speed of what's happening with the business, but I'm also being you know able to go fishing and, and have the afternoons here at the lake. So that blend of work life changes everything. And I think that trend is so powerful and like you said you're not reliant on 
you know, having to say, I, I, oh, I, am I going to find a job in Vergas or Purim or, you know, Detroit Lakes? Maybe, you know. You bring I, a job with? I, I, can, I can live in Minneapolis or Fargo or Grand Forks, and I can change my, my life in the summer, get down to the lake cabin more often, spend more time there. It's a, that's an amazing... It's a, it's a thing in Germany, highly discussed, right? Like uh, new work, like new work environments. Um, actually, there was a professor, and I kept the name. Uh, he is actually in the United States. He's from Sachsen, Germany, uh, from the 1970s. He started the new work uh, discussion on how uh, technology and processes influence our work, our work environment. And now with automation or access to technology, we have a new new work uh, definition or, or um, uh, direction. Yeah. So looking at your children, and you mentioned uh, you have three, and uh, they are entering the workforce. Your youngest Just is still in high school, but they're about to enter, let's yeah. say, in the next five years, all of them. Absolutely. So looking at uh, the past of your grandfather delivering appliances, I mean, we will have somebody delivering appliances or selling appliances, but the non-existing opportunities Now, focusing on your three children, like, what do you foresee for them? Like, do you, are they, do they already mention, like, hey, I want to live in a mountain house, and yeah, I'm a programmer, I can do that? So, yeah, so statistics. So, my oldest daughter is a firefighter. Okay, so she can she's, be. <laughs> yeah, she's 22, so she has to go to a fire station. All right. She loves it, and so, you know, she, she would, in fact, sadly, she has not been able to make the last two years here because she couldn't get her shift changes. Oh. So, but she's, and she's pretty pretty bummed out about that so uh, my other daughter is a senior at Oregon State so she's you know going to be entering the workforce and uh, she's an interior design major and a business minor so uh, you know she when she was here she she did come here for almost a week and she talked about ah, maybe I should look at Minneapolis mm -hmm. and Fargo as places to think about you know at when I graduate because of lake life you know honestly this idea of being in Minneapolis and being able to drive up here Uh, most weekends was really alluring to her. So, really? and my son, uh, he loves it here more than probably anyone I, you know next to me in the world. And he's already wondering, you know, when when can I, when can I spend time at the lake? Maybe I can get you know some internships and jobs up there <laughs> as soon as possible. And uh, would love to be here because he's he's an outdoorsman and he's very active and he's good with his hands. And he would love to you know do whatever it took to kind of to takes to kind of get some more time here. So uh, who knows? But he's a very bright right kids and so he'll probably end up you know doing something in engineering or uh, so who knows where what that'll lead him to but yeah uh, those jobs may not necessarily like firefighting interior design or engineering but like your CEO allowed or like your office environment gave you the opportunity to be remote I think it will be even more like Most I could, people work in front of computers today. Exactly. Right? So I don't I, care what your industry is. Even my daughter at Interior Design is primarily sitting in front of doing you know, CAD, CAD design, computer right. design of home. So that is, if you're sitting in front of a computer for six to eight day, hours yeah. a day, you're connected to the internet, you can do most of that work remotely, or at least for a month a year. So you're right. I mean, it's even if you're in a job that might need some sort of local presence. Yeah, I thought she has to go in a house experience. I mean, there's like some of that, right? But now you can get great 3D imaging. I yeah. mean, you can honestly have almost everything at your fingertips. Yeah, so, that's the thing. You know, and that's so you so agree. Yeah, you're right. No, I uh, 1,000% agree. And I've actually, when I first you know got online in 1995, my dad connected me to the internet at yeah. his, yeah, at his school. And uh, I, was I was like, in Barnesville, the and, same and 1995. I was like, this is going to change everything because yeah. now people can work. And that's when I, you know, again, I got even more interested in this idea of second homes because, like, this is going to be 
a great investment because the economics of second home ownerships will fundamentally change and and rural value values will go up right. because people have this freedom now right and i think we're st it's taken longer you know i actually thought that was going to happen like in early 2000 everybody so we're still at the beginning but we're still in these early days where you know the world hasn't adapted to this new mindset but i think 10 20 years from now it will be very common for people to be spending a lot of their summer you know, in the lake-like region, which means the economics of these small towns could get really better, you know, much better yeah, because now you have people with money who have good-paying jobs in, you know, Fargo, Minneapolis, spending a lot of time here and hopefully spending money here. I, I would say that's the one thing I, I would I would strongly urge your, your audience to think about is every dollar you spend in those small towns makes such a difference. Yeah. You know, don't bring all of your – don't go to Walmart and buy all your groceries and then bring them in your car. Spend your money at the local stores. Why? Because if you don't, those local stores won't be here. Like Goodman's. Yeah, Goodman's is so it's sad, and 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 you know, and just all the local stores. I mean, the little new coffee shop in Burgess, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Go and spend Jill, yeah. money at these coffee shops because we love having them. But if we don't support them, they won't be here. That's and, true. You know, uh, the hardware store, right? I mean, I love Menards and Troy Lakes. That's a fun store, and and I always go there. But I will go spend money at Burgess Hardware because if I don't do it. Who's going to support it? Yeah. And that won't be here. And honestly, that'll be devastating when that if that happens. And hopefully, it does, doesn't. But I also think, actually, uh, the as we can see with the Toys R Us and and uh, the big uh, what are they called? Not Blockbuster, but big those box stores big box stores. I I don't know. We don't need a Home Depot, and we're getting away a little bit here from it's an economical uh, discussion. But it goes back to small town America, in my opinion, and the Burgesses and the Perms, because we don't need. A Menards, a Fleet Farm, and a Home Depot, because if you look at the shelving, I don't know how many million dollars are of debt capital sitting in those things. They have so many sales going on to have their cash flow going, because they cannot afford the loan for all the inventory that they have. So if you look at the small Ace Hardware stores, and for example, in Burgess or Perm, they are feeding a family. It's a family-operated business usually. And uh, they can do that because they don't have so much debt capital sitting in. There's, yes, there's only one or two items, but it's available, it's there. But I think they will survive. And the big ones, they probably won't. So, you know what I'm Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think small retailing will survive, is, but I, will think, come I back. do think people have to shop intentionally. And I think if you, if you want I think it's gonna those, come, if you want those businesses to be there, you have to think about spending money there. Uh, because if, if, if the local, you know, even second homeowners don't support those businesses. Yeah. Because so many people are buying everything on Amazon now. You know, so forget about even Home Depot and, and Menards as local giant big boxes. People just buy everything on Amazon and then just start Not everything. Well, I, it's like, interesting. Yeah. Like, but, I, but I think it is something that people need to think about is could I, could I wait and buy this when I'm... Okay, I tell you this and then we get away from this hard discussion. But no, I like it. So... Um, Amazon is failing in one big thing. It's the, it's the experience. I only go on Amazon if I want the cheapest of the cheapest. I already know I need that item, so I compare. So I don't have a purchasing experience. I go to Menards to, I guess I admit, to get, it's usually the cheapest. So I go there for the cheapest. Um, but if I want a consumer experience, I need to go to the small retail stores because there's the smell that I memorize. I grew up in retail. My mom had kids' clothing stores. I know how it is to decorate. 
I know that the window decoration was done every two weeks and it was critical or how it's set up like how much passion and personality actually is incorporated or if you go to small restaurants like if you name Spanky's there's a personality and I think a human is seeking more personality again as ever because all the Walmarts and the big box places they have no personality I but economic agree. so yeah. so that's what I actually meant and I, I'm sorry it's always sometimes difficult for me to explain I think the small town retail environments will have a renaissance or like a rebirth or like a same word but they will find attractiveness again from the average consumer because I, of the personality I think it will come no, naturally I, I but do. we do need to support that. I hope so <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I hope so and I hope they can sustain themselves to that right? to that so, point yeah. because I agree because I think we do I think re shopping will become experience based mm -hmm. right it'll be convenience based with Amazon you know you just buy mm -hmm. it because you know exactly what you want and it just gets delivered to you mm -hmm. but then when we want an experience we will go out to, to some these stores where you can actually find somebody that knows how to use the product you're going to buy because you don't get that at the other stores so you're trying to figure it out and then you go to watch YouTube videos but yeah. you can have somebody just show you right there in the store this is how it works that's that's awesome so I we're, we're on the same page yeah yeah right? I know we are I know but we I do want to I, I just always want to like point out because it's something my family talks about my mom feels very passionate about this mm -hmm. you know we need to support these businesses we we got to think about where we're spending our money yeah and even if it's 10 percent more money it's so worth it and i think you know what the, the beautiful thing though is and perm is a beautiful example too we have individually owned uh, retail uh, fashion a lot of fashion here and i know for a fact that in the area a lot of people women in particular come to perm for for uh, to purchase and they and they love it they always talk I, I t speak to oh we love to go to Perm and Perm is a very good example of a small town uh, uh, shopping experience and it, it has sustained it always I, it seems like there's new stores coming up which I love and and I know though too I feel like in our local area people are willing to pay the 10% more or like the 10 cent or whatever I think I'm I'm very happy to know that in Lakes Country we are very um, local aware and um, we want to preserve that. I think that's great. Well, you know better than I do because you you live here and you run yeah. businesses here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I come in for a few weeks a year. And, yeah, you outside. Uh, so it. No. <laughs> I'm encouraged to hear that that's the case. I think so. I I, I but uh, it doesn't mean that we can lean back now. But uh, I just feel that we really will experience more growth in the next ten years uh, and. 20 probably with even your kids generation finding oppo the avail uh, the opportunity or to f to work and live here I think we will really it's beautiful yeah gotta keep it somewhat secret though yeah, yeah. I know. we don't want every <laughs> the whole world to discover it yeah, you know? yeah. so uh, to be so, too crowded know, absolutely so uh, yeah uh, that was really interesting uh, um, I find uh, I hope everybody found uh, so you have a couple weeks remaining Oh, like a couple uh, no, of days. No, sadly, least? sadly, we're we're pulling out uh, Sunday or Monday. Oh, okay. So we drive here. We uh, we pull a boat across <laughs> the Rockies. It's a, a little crazy. <laughs> Anybody uh, sees uh, a boat uh, uh, on I-94 in the next few days? Uh, go wave, on yeah. Give me a wave. You know, yeah, and, wave. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so it'll be my son and I road tripping home. Okay. And uh, we love the drive, though. You yeah. Know, all the way across North Dakota, Montana, Idaho. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's on my and bucket list. It's it's phenomenal. So we love it. And you know we've had road trouble, and we get we usually have some adventure, you know, between the boat, the the trailer, the car. But uh, it's it's great. And but Looney Days is part of the program. We're for here for Looney Days. Good? Yep, yep. So uh, we'll be there's two two bands, you know, tonight and tomorrow night. So we're excited about that. And uh, uh, maybe we'll catch the end of the rummage sales. And uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, love all the little magic of the Looney Days and. Yeah, it's, it's I love the fact that, and I loved your podcast on the history of it because I didn't know the history of it. So that was actually super oh. informative. So yeah. I was, you know, on my rowing machine in Portland, working out, excited to be here soon, and uh, so and that that was the last thing I listened to. We were able to touch you. Yeah, exactly. Prepare you. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think uh, that was uh, very kind of you to stop in, take your time out of your holiday. Uh, thank you for sharing that and uh, sharing your insight on um, lake life and uh, that you are holding the Minnesota flag up uh, all over Chicago. You're inviting friends from Chicago and you raised a family here in uh, uh, Lake Life Experience. Thank you so much yeah. for coming in. Yeah. Total pleasure. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Thanks. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. <laughs>